Hey, real quick. want to give a shout out to James up in Stoneville, North Carolina. He's a friend of the show. Hell, he's a friend of the family. Now we were able to go ahead and help his family recently save more than $1,200 a month. Really think about this. My man, Robbie didn't save $1,200 one time. He's going to save it each and every month, all because he went to save with Conrad.com. He left us a five-star review earlier this week. And he said this from the first phone call with Christian, all the hard work Diane put in Jennifer taking time to explain things and help me understand where we were at with the deal right up to Steve, helping me get this survey through nothing but professionalism all around dealing with first family has helped us to the point we've cut $1,200 a month off our bills. I can't say enough about the team Conrad has assembled. I highly recommend first family to anyone looking to purchase or refinance their home. Thanks to Conrad and the entire first family team. No, thank you, James, for the great review and congratulations on saving 1200 bucks a month. And oh, by the way, you can skip your next two house payments. It's real folks. Save with Conrad.com can help you. We're licensed in more than 40 States, but if you've got credit card debt, if you're looking to save money on your monthly payments, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, or even buy a house with no money down, save with Conrad.com is your hookup. Holler. If you hear me, that's save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. What are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Woo Wings. Yeah! Woo-woo! Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh, You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? Adfreeshows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at adfreeshows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. It's the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment.
Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing when I took over Hollywood. Not really. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, 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 look at you, man. You got the sunglasses on, styling, profiling, Mr. Hollywood. Look at you, you big movie star. Hey, before we get into Hollywood, man, we got to talk about some stuff because you and I, we started the weekend out in Wisconsin and we need to fill in the audience with how that went because that was, that was a great time, bro. It was a great time. We had an incredible turnout. Uh, A lot of people came to our uh, podcast where the Q and a happened. Uh, Great questions. The fans asked me a bunch of questions, even younger kids, you know, five, six years old. It was, it was an incredible turnout. I know the people there were very happy with the turnout and so were we. Dude, the room was filled. You waxed eloquently for like an hour and a half. I mean, you were great, dude. I was impressed. We met a kid there. Fire. You were. His last name was Angle, and, and it wasn't Jason Jordan. It was another kid. That was fun. But you were telling stories. That's right. I, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, was I in Wisconsin 10 years ago? Because you're nine years old. <laughs> It was, it was so good. And so we had that, we had the show, the room was packed well over 120 people there, if not more for the show. And then we weren't done there because you made your way out to the mound. It was ready for Kurt Angle to throw out that first pitch. I've already had people asking me, did Kurt get it to the plate? I said, you're just going to have to wait and listen to it on the podcast. (laughs) Well, I could tell you this. I was determined. You could see it in my face. But the ball actually rolled across home plate. It didn't make it. <laughs> it only <laughs> skipped. Close. It skipped once, man. Don't give yourself such a I hard time. It skipped a few times. Did it? Oh, I thought it skipped once. I was too busy taking pictures for you. But you know what was really cool? And this was very nice of you, Kurt. You said afterwards, you gave me the ball. You're like, Paul, this is yours. You signed it. If you're watching on video, here's the ball. Uh, he signed oh, it for me. Yep. Took care of me. So uh, very cool. Got the first pitch. I'm going to put that on my Kurt Angle shelf back here. Uh, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. And uh, it was cool because we were walking off the field and immediately the guys there that were working for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they were like, Kurt, before you walk off, our, our coach, our manager of the team wants to get his picture with you. Yeah. And you know what? He was a big fan. He's yeah. Like, You're a legend, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and anytime I meet like a, a manager of a team, a uh, baseball team, I always have respect for them because I know the careers they had and not just from a coaching standpoint, but from a player standpoint for him to say, Hey, you're a legend. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty damn cool. Fans were yelling at you from the crowds. You walked over, signed some autographs. It was just a really nice time. The Timber Rattlers organization, man, they were so well organized from top to bottom. Aaron and his whole team, those guys were Tyler. They were fantastic, but they weren't done with you yet, pal, because next they wanted to bring you out on this cart to shoot a bratwurst gun. <laughs> yeah. You took my place. Kurt was I like, I couldn't sit on the edge of that thing, that rail. Uh, I would have, my knees would have been killing me. Kurt was like, I'm sorry. I just had two knees replaced. There's no way I'm sitting on that wooden picket railing. Bromwell, you're getting your ass on that thing. You're shooting the bratwurst gun. I'll wave to the crowd like I'm a president. And that's exactly what you did. So we made our way around. There was only one wiener that didn't make it over the net. The guy was teaching me how to do it, but they got those nets so high up now for yeah, fan safety. Yeah, they want to protect the fans from any baseballs hitting them. So, man, we did that. Then you made a radio appearance uh, with their guy there, Chris, who uh, was just a fantastic guy. Super nice. You got to spend some time with them. Yeah. We just had a great all-around time. And, uh, you know, we've already heard that it was such a major success that 
we're in play again for many more minor league baseball stadiums. Yes, next we year. are. We just uh, opened something up, Paul. We did. We opened up. Uh, I don't some know if we're going to love it or regret it. I know, right? <laughs> well, it depends. If my travel schedule on the way back was like it was from Chicago, the connecting flight in Chicago, it took me two days to get home, bro. Oh, my God. I heard, Paul. I oh. felt so badly for you. It's it's okay, but I made it. And the funny thing is, now I'm flying right back out to that same damn airport same on Thursday. Same airport, Chicago for Top Guy Weekend. Top Guy Weekend, me and you back on stage. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, so so you made it home safely in time. And thank God you did, buddy, because we're moving right into Monday Night Raw, hometown, Pittsburgh. And I want you to take us behind the scenes. This is your show. You get the opportunity to do that. I want you to talk about what it when you got there, who did you interact with, who produced your segments, kind of take us through that day, Kurt. Well, they had a limo pick me up at my house, which was really cool. Take nice. me down there to the event. Um, with your family, there, too? Uh, they- we immediately went to rehearsal. Okay. And Triple H was the head of rehearsals. He was telling me what to do, how to do it, what to say. Um, there were also other producers. Um, uh, Spud. Uh, yeah, Buster Rockstar was, Spud. Was That's producer. right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the writer was Ryan Ward and I thought he did a great job. Okay. So, so triple H was kind of running the show as he is. He's the head of creative. How cool was it to finally to connect with him face to face? And oh, it was great. I haven't seen him in so long and, uh, to see him in his new position, he's doing really well with it. Oh, he's yeah. very comfortable. He hired a big team underneath him to take care of everything that he needs taken care of. Uh, kind of like the way Vince did it. Cause Vince ran everything. But he had people reporting to him. Yeah. And Triple H had to set up his own team the same way Vince did, who he was comfortable with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously he hired Road Dog, uh, part of Generation DX. Yeah. Shawn Michaels X, yeah. took a step up in the company. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, he's got his boys there. And I think that's great because they all have great chemistry together. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, Road Dog, Brian James, he was uh, backstage for Ric Flair's last match. And, I ha- I didn't work directly with him, but guys that did said, Paul, that guy is so talented, so organized, and uh, has such a lot a of information in his head. Very yeah. good. Very good coach. Yeah. So there you go. So you, you got to work with those guys from a creative aspect. Talk about reconnecting with Edge and Ray. Oh, and man. Seeing Edge and Ray, especially those two. I mean, guys that I was in the company with back in 2000, 2005. Uh, it was a lot of fun to, to you know, reminisce about the past. And, and what we were doing that night, um, you know, I did a really cool, funny pre-tape with Edge and Rey Mysterio, where Edge got me again with the uh, the, the boards, poster the boards on the back. Yeah. yeah, you still suck. It was a lot of fun. You know, we we reen- reenacted that from 2002, 20 years later, mm. and it was actually Edge's idea, and it was a great idea. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about. How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Dude, can I tell you though, when you made your appearance, you you look shredded. That I mean, the shirts off. You have the metal hanging down. People all over online were like, "Kurt's ready for his. He's ready to <laughs> wrestle again, bro." Hey, if I didn't have my knees replaced, maybe. 
<laughs> but uh, hey, you know, those things continue to heal. Let's get that neck and back fixed up. Never say never in the wrestling business, but you looked great. It was so cool to see you do it in Pittsburgh in front of your hometown. And they treated you right. They made you look like a star in everything you did. It was awesome. And Chad Gable and Otis did an incredible job. The Street Profits, the match was great. Yeah. I was proud to be a part of it. And uh, it was a really funny segment. It was so cool to also see your family there and you got to walk out with your daughter and, uh, I spot them in the crowd. I saw Giovanna and the kids there. Uh, they, were they in the limo ride? I take it too. Did you all go together? They had an, a, another limo because I had to go down early okay. rehearsal and I didn't want them to stay there all day. So I had them go down a few hours later and then we all took the limo, same limo home. <laughs> oh man. That's what a great family experience for them. Too. It was everybody enjoyed themselves. My son, Joseph had two of his best friends there. Uh, we, we all had a blast. And it's cool because your kids are now at an age where they can really enjoy that experience and see how big. Yeah, they are. you know what? My three little girls are like, "Daddy, are we ever going to see you wrestle? Are we going to ever see you in a wrestling ring?" And I was proud to say, "Hey, this week you're going to see me. You're going to see me in the ring. I won't be wrestling, but I'll be in the ring doing something." <laughs> and they got to see the the huge, enormous reaction of the crowd, even though they're chanting "You suck," that term of endearment. But they understood, right? They know it's part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. They actually chanted to me at home. <laughs> I'm going to take these glasses off. This is yeah. So take weird. take them off, dude. You're good. We're through the Holly, Hollywood intro, but yeah, your kids. I mean, they're chanting "You suck, Dad," and all that. It's so cool. I'm so happy for you and Giovanna and the whole family. You got to experience that. You know what? And the great thing is, it was the highest rated RAW yeah. since post WrestleMania, the day after WrestleMania. And I I went on Instagram and Twitter and thanked the fans. I mean, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have had that high of a rating. And it was great that I was actually the one semi-responsible for, you know, getting that high rating. The fans are awesome. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Dude, it was great. It was great seeing you come home. That's what we're calling a homecoming for Kurt Angle. And uh, listen, I'm hoping this is just, you know, a a predecessor for more things to come, more opportunities for you with the WWE, man. I believe so. Uh, they actually told me afterward, Hey, we want to work with you in the future. So oh, you know, boom. Uh, keep your, keep your, uh, you know, antenna up. <laughs> That's right. Keep your eyes gonna, open and your ears open. You. <laughs> that, that sounds so good, Kurt. I, I mean, that, very good. I'm excited for you. And, uh, yeah, the hits keep coming. Like you said, as this drops this weekend, you will and I have just done a, a big time stage show, uh, in, uh, Chicago for our top guys. So we're looking forward to that. If you're not an ad free show member, Check out adfreeshows.com. This is where you get to do extra things. Uh, Kurt's going to do a meet and greet there. And, uh, you know, that's all part of it, all included of being a top guy. You get those things included. No extra additional charge once you get to those events. And so he's going to do that. He's going to do a stage show. We're going to have a special guest be a part of that stage show, someone he's worked with a number of times over the years. (laughs) And so we're just going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, man, so with all that out of the way, What a great time. We're going to have some fun this week. We're going to talk about you, like I said, Mr. Hollywood. But, buddy, we've gotten some seriously amazing feedback on the last couple of months with our shows. We've talked about big names in pro wrestling, like AJ Styles, John Cena, Vince McMahon. And then talk about some of these guests, man. Adam Cole, Ronda Rousey, Brian Gewurz, Nick Aldis. And we got another big name coming up next week who's a champion in one of the major companies right now. It's been an amazing summer, dude. It has. We've had some great episodes, especially, uh, you know, not just uh, the guests that we had on the show. They were all awesome. But talking about Vince McMahon and AJ Styles and 
who's the other person we talked about? We talked about John Cena. John Cena. That was a great episode. I really enjoyed talking so, about John because yeah. him and I worked well, so, so well together for so many years. And uh, I was just happy to be able to do this. Dude, and then last week, SummerSlam 2002 has been getting rave reviews with you and Rey Mysterio in that match you had. So, yeah, that uh, was one. That was my favorite match at SummerSlam, and that's hard to say because I main evented a lot of SummerSlams, but that was an opening card match, and that was my favorite match I've ever done at SummerSlam. Yeah, and not only that, you, we talk about that last week, and then you get to hang out with them here on Raw. So, yeah, it was really cool. So I, cool. I love Ray; he's the best dude in the world, uh, incredible human being. Well, listen, speaking of amazing, let's discuss your TV and film career, Kurt. You ready, buddy? <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. So let's be honest. You, you're born and bred a, a wrestler from very early on in your life. Did you ever have any goals or aspirations to become an actor or appear in movies or films? Did that ever cross your mind? Yeah, it did. I mean, you know, I remember in high school, I was a big theater lover. And okay. back in the 80s, you you didn't go to theater if you were an athlete, <laughs> you kind of got made fun of. I'm know? sure. So um, what I would do is I would go to theater events with uh, sunglasses and a baseball cap on so nobody could see me. And I also would sign up for the classes, the set up for the theater. And then my friends would say, why are you doing that? I said, I have to, it's an elective. I just wanted to be around them. And uh, I knew that if I was involved in it, that it wouldn't go so well that my friends would pick on me. I was really um, torn between those, the two, you know, uh, but I knew that my, my life was going to be an athlete. I knew my career was going to end up being an athlete, but um, you know, in 1996 um, after the Olympics, I actually went to um, LA. I had a friend of mine uh, went to high school with my brothers, you know, who Jimmy Miller, uh, Dennis Miller is, you know, Dennis yeah, yeah. Miller, Dennis right? Miller. Absolutely. Okay, his brother is Jimmy. He owns mosaic talent. He manages Jim Carrey, uh, Will Ferrell, all okay. the big stars, Adam Sandler. Um, so he brought me out to L.A. after the Olympics, and we met with production companies, and he was getting me really fired up. He, he wanted me to move out there. And I go back to Pittsburgh, and this is crazy, but for the Olympics, a friend of mine got me a gift, uh, uh, an interview with a psychic. Oh <laughs> so I go, on, I go to the psychic, and I, I'm like, you know what? What do I ask her? And I thought, you know, I'm going to ask her about my movie career, if I should move out to L.A. And I can't believe I, I went by this. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, the, the psychic said that if I went out to L.A. right now, all I do is waste my money from the Olympics. I'm thinking, how did she know I had made money from the Olympics? It was really weird. And uh, so um, I decided not to go. And she told me, you're going to get a job here in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a TV role job. And I was like, what, what kind of TV role would that be? And what's crazy is four days later, um, my agent got a call from Fox and Fox wanted me to be a sports uh, caster. That's right. For their station in Pittsburgh. And uh, it was crazy. So the, the psychic wasn't all wrong. So maybe I did the right thing, but even if I moved out to LA and did the movies and I would have been good at it and, and very successful, I still think it would have brought me back to the WWE. I really yeah. do because I was not done being an athlete. And I know that, you know, uh, when you get into acting, it's the same thing. WB, you're, you're acting in there too. I mean, you play a character, obviously. But um, I thought that, the, you know, either way, um, I would have ended up back in pro wrestling. 
Was Dennis Miller's brother that you mentioned, I think you said his name was Jimmy. Jimmy. Is he the guy that helped get you that first pizza commercial that you just posted on your Instagram <laughs> no, lately? No, the pizza uh, company, Vocelli, it was a uh, pizza outlet at the time. They contacted my agent. Okay. So we want to endorse Kurt Angle. And I was like, you know, this is cool. This is my first endorsement. Yeah. And I've gotten, I got a lot of endorsements. Uh, I was really happy with my, uh, what I was able to get. Um, I got Coca-Cola, a six tiger Nike. Um, I, I also got, uh, uh, Versamatic pumps, which is a big company here in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I, I did pretty well with the endorsements. I can't complain. Were there any auditions back then that you tried out for that you really, really wanted that just didn't work out? No, I, I didn't go for any auditions until gosh, till I got into TNA to be honest with you. Wow. I didn't have one audition. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'll explain what happened in WWE yeah. later on. The show. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I never did any auditions. Okay. I didn't even do any acting. I, I stepped into WWE cold. I, I, I never you. did any acting before that. Now you said, before we get too far ahead, you said you had this love for theater as a, as a young, younger guy, you know, trying to do sports. Were you the type of kid that, you know, was it your mom or was she like, Hey, Kurt, let's watch this Disney musical together. Or the, like, did you find yourself like, cause I, and I asked that coming from a grandmother who loved to sit down and watch classic movies with me or Doris day or Julie Andrews, that type of stuff. Did you just, or how did you realize that you had such a, you know, fondness for theater at such a young age? Well, I didn't tell anybody because if I would have told my brothers, they would have picked on me. <laughs> you know, sure. I had to keep this quiet. Um, so I, I didn't know how I was going to get into it, uh, at what point in time I was going to be able to act, but I knew it would happen eventually. And part of the reason why I went to WWE is to start my acting career. Yeah. I figured, you know, this is a great, great way to start. I could be an athlete and still act and uh, get some experience and then end up doing movies. So, so I'm sure having, you know, knowing that this is kind of deep inside you loving this theater style, as you transitioned into being a pro wrestler, you probably were fully ready to embrace that whole side of it. Weren't you? As far as the wrestling. Yeah. And the yeah. Piece. You know, doing it. And the crazy thing is it's a lot different acting than being a pro wrestler because everything in pro wrestling is live. You get one shot at it, you know, and acting, you mess up, you do it over again. You do the scene over. So there's a safety net in acting that there's not in WWE and pro wrestling. And I think that's the even uh, bigger advantage to be able to, uh, when you can perform and do it just one time, uh, that's going to make you a much better actor. All right. So Kurt, when did it become obvious how talented you were that man, Hey, I'm quick witted. I, I can deliver lines, so, you know, serious or comedic. I, I mean, I, at some point you got to realize I'm, I'm picking this up pretty good and I'm, at some point, maybe wanting again, going to get into TV and movies. Well, I, I didn't know how I would be. Um, you know, they didn't really train me um, as far as doing promos and pre-tapes in WWE. They just trained me to wrestle. And I thought that was the only role I was going to play. I figured I was going to be on main event every weekend, and that's what they were going to do with me, just use me as a wrestler. But, you know, when Vince McMahon gave me the opportunity the first night on the air, he told me, listen, if you, if you do this well, uh, we're going to continue on with you, but if you don't do it well, your career is over. <laughs> so he gave me an ultimatum, you know, he said either sink or swim. And I, I thank God I swam and it made me think, you know what? I could probably parlay this into movies eventually. Yeah. I knew that Vince McMahon at this point in time, wasn't going to let me do movies because I was still learning the craft in pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, uh, he wanted me to keep perfecting my craft. 
I've heard you talk about, you actually talked about it this past weekend, that uh, you know, initially the Marine was supposed to be for you, but you were going through a lot of the issues at the time, the drug and alcohol. Vince said, hey, forget it. We're going to go in a different direction with John Cena. Were there any other movie-type opportunities that you can recall during your time at WWE that they were possibly <laughs> talking about with you? Okay. One, it was a blockbuster movie. I was one of the leading roles. They wanted me. And WWE said no. And it was Pearl Harbor. And I wow, um, love that yeah, movie. Yeah, it was a guy that was the hero that died at the end. I don't I didn't see the movie, but um, you know, I was told who it was gonna be. And um unfortunately, you know, they, they they said no. And the reason, and I totally get it, okay, Rock just left. And uh Vince was putting everybody on lockdown. He wasn't gonna lose another wrestler to Hollywood. So for the next several years, five or six years, nobody was allowed to do anything after Rock left. So it was very difficult to get any type of movies because WWE was controlling you and you had to do what they told you to do. Mm -mm -mm. But eventually, thank God, you know, it loosened up. And then John Cena and Edge started getting movie roles, Batista, and uh, everything started opening up. This is after I went to TNA. Dude, they had, listen, that movie had Ben Affleck, Josh Hart, uh, Hartnett, that had Alec Baldwin, Jennifer Garner. That was a big blockbuster movie. It was, it was, and I, oh. I had a role in it, but unfortunately WWE didn't want to give me it because Thanks uh, a lot, WWE. I was still learning and, and, uh, yeah. the rock just left and there was no way they were going to lose another mm. talent. Now, listen, according to our research, the only TV appearance outside of WWE we could find was an appearance you made on the weakest link. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had an all-star cast from the WWE do it. Booker T, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Deborah, a bunch of the talent. And um, you know what? That show is uh, surprisingly difficult to do. Um, you, 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 when, you, when you are asked the question and you have to answer it, you know the answer, but you're so nervous that you don't want to get it wrong. You start second-guessing yourself. And, and uh, you know, it was crazy because afterward I was like, I already knew that answer and I missed it. I can't re remember what it was, but it was crazy, man. It, you know, I will tell you this, these contestants that go on these game shows, yeah. it's a lot of pressure, man. I bet. <laughs> you know, yeah. to think and answer and, uh, you know, in a matter of time, you only have a few seconds. It's crazy. It's, it's, I'm sure it's one of those things. All of us sitting home on the couch are yelling at the TV. We know the yeah, answer. You can answer that yeah. because there's no pressure on you. You know, <laughs> when the lights are on baby and you're under the scope, it's total, totally different. It is. It's the opposite. So now we're going to talk about you leave WWE, you join TNA. Not long after that, you get into the movie and TVs and a short film named Chains in 2008. What do you remember of the filming and the differences between this and wrestling? Talk to us about the movie Chains. It was a, it was a great little short film. Uh, I was really proud to be a part of it. It was my first film. And, um, uh, I, you know, it, it was a movie about a guy that went to prison. And uh, I can't remember everything about it, but... Um, it, it went up for a couple of awards, small oh, okay. movie awards, uh, but it was a great beginning for me because yeah. it, it gave me practice, uh, for a bigger role, bigger movies. And, uh, you know, I was going to take on anything to get practice. So this was a good start for me. And when you were done, Kurt, was it like, okay, I'm in, I want to do movies that did it light the fire at that? Yeah, point? yeah, it did. I enjoyed it. I loved the whole concept of it. I loved, uh, you know, setting up and doing the scenes, tearing down, going to another location, the hurry up and wait. It's kind of like WWE, you know, you, you sit around and then you have to hurry, then you sit around, you have to hurry. So it's very identical. And uh, 
I, I really enjoy that career. I love that. So here we go. Your major motion picture debut was an end game where you played serial killer, <laughs> Brad Mayfield. You seem to be typecast for a while as a heel in these movies. What, do you think it was just your look, Kurt? No, no. I think it was because, um, you know, I, I, this small production company in Pittsburgh uh, cast me in the movie and, uh, I wanted to get practice and, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the movie was, uh, the lead role was about a heel, a serial killer. Yeah. So I had to be the heel. I was going to be the lead role. So I had to take it and I enjoyed doing it. It was, it was, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, a little corny sex scene in it that I didn't really like. Oh, uh, it, it was, uh, I, I believe that, uh, I was having sex with her and I killed her. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's corny. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was a little weird, but, um, I, I got a lot of practice doing it and I got some experience. Well, buddy, with those steel blue eyes, that shaved head, your physique, of course, you look like a killer, a, dis a destruction machine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I get it. That's, that's what happens. You get to be the badass. Well, let's talk about Warrior. That's probably your most well-known appearance in the movie. You got Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. They're two estranged brothers who enter an MMA tournament and also featured Nick Nolte, Nate Marquardt, Anthony Johnson, and others. Tell us about that experience, man. How cool was that? It was awesome. I, uh, I really enjoyed doing that. I, we probably filmed the fight scenes for about six months. And the reason why it took so long is Joe Edgerton got injured, blew out his knee, his <sighs> MCL. And then, uh, Tom Hardy, unfortunately, uh, they wanted him to gain weight for the movie and he gained too much weight. <laughs> so they had to wait for him to lose a few pounds, uh, because they wanted him to beef up, but he got too big. Okay. And they wanted him to lose a little more weight. So, He's such an incredible actor. I loved working with that guy. Tom Hardy is one of the best actors in Hollywood. Uh, but uh, the the one I was really excited about, he came up and introduced himself to me, was Nick Nolte. I bet. Uh, I I've always loved him, been a yep. big fan of his. And he was actually a big fan of mine, which was crazy. I bet that's, some, that's probably the more of the pinch me moments is, you know, when you meet these actors or meet these, whether they're, you know, athletes in other sports, and you meet them thinking, man, I love your work. I admire you. And they're like, hell, I love you. I'm so glad <laughs> right. to meet you. That's Those are those pinch me moments for, for you know, athletes or wrestlers yeah, or superstars. Yeah, it, it feels weird because yeah. you look up to them so much and you idolize them and then they're telling you the same. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I'm, I I hear that. It, it's funny because uh, I was just talking to Kyoto on one of our mailbag shows and he talks about the time he met Allen Iverson. And Alan Iverson's like, Mike Kyoto, like hopping to meet him. And I'm like, it's got to be weird, you know? You know what? WWE referees get exposure too, man. They're famous as well. <laughs> That's right. It's it's something. So were you disappointed, though, that you didn't have any lines in the movie? Or was that, that all good with you? No, I, I was pissed off because uh -huh. I had to learn Russian for six months. And I learned it. And I delivered the lines on all the scenes I was in. And unfortunately, and he's a great director, God bless him, Gavin O'Connor. I really enjoyed working with him. Um, he felt that Koba was better suited not saying anything. He thought I'd be more imposing by not opening up and talking. Um, I disagreed, but, you know, I'm not the director and he's the professional and I'm just the beginner. So, uh, you know, I went with it. And unfortunately, none of those lines uh, came across in the movie. What's it like though? You're playing a Russian and you're a freaking American <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. Was that weird it is at all? Weird, man. Yeah. I, 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 you know what, when I went uh, to try out for the movie, 
I figured, you know what, this is a long shot. They're not going to take an Olympic gold medalist, all American, you know, Olympic yeah. hero to play a Russian. And fortunately they did, but I had to lose 30 pounds for this move. Mm. The weight class was 185. I was weighing about 225 and they wanted me to get down to 195 and be a little bit bigger than the other talent because Koba was, you know, an imposing figure and, and I, they wanted me to look a little bit bigger and stronger. Uh, but I had to lose 30 pounds and that was the toughest thing in the world for me. So that's like what, just chicken breasts and treadmills? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I was doing sprints, wind sprints, uh, uh, you know, uh, six miles every day on the <sighs> treadmill, uh, dieting chicken breast only a little bit of uh, steam rice. It was, it was crazy. I was, I was, I, I was determined though, because that was the only way I was going to get that movie part. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, that's, that's typical Kurt angle determined and he's going to get it done. Uh, I also found that you did a funnier die short called Olympic trials with Kurt angle. How'd that come to be? Uh, a friend of mine, who's a producer in Hollywood, Alex Perry decided to do that. He wrote it and uh, directed it. And I, I brought in Rob Van Dam and Rob was great. We had a blast. It was so damn funny. If you haven't seen it, anybody out there, funnier die Olympic trials, Kurt angle, Rob Van Dam. It's hilarious. You're going to absolutely love it. Uh, Alex Perry did an incredible job, and I was really happy with it. Kurt, I want to pause right here and share something that we often talk about on the show, and that's reliability. It's so important in life, and I don't know about you, but when it comes to my automobile or Kurt's automobile, getting to where we need our cars to go on time and without a hiccup is paramount. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. And that, my friends, is where CarShield provides the solution. CarShield makes it easy and affordable to protect your car from expensive repairs. I know because they've been there for me, and that's just for starters. CarShield's the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plan covers more parts than ever before, whether your car is 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic, and CarShield's administrators, they'll take care of the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches you're taking care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include, listen to this, coast-to-coast roadside assistance. You can't beat it. They're there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursements at no extra cost. So get coverage today and you'll lock in your price now, and it's never going to go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car uh, repairs, and they'll do the same for you. So go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. So Kurt, you also appeared in Pros versus Joe's, Chris Angel, Mind Freak, and Extreme Makeover Home Edition from August 11th. Uh, give us the secrets. How real are these reality shows, man? Okay, I will tell you this. I've been on a bunch of reality shows. Most of them are scripted. They're not real. They're fake. Fake as hell. They're all set up. The scenes are set up. Everybody that's doing their stuff, it's all, you know, everybody knows the finish to it. But these shows were real. Um, You know, Chris Angel, uh, Mind Freak, uh, the only thing that wasn't real about him was his magic. But, you know, that's that's what he does. Yeah, right. So, uh but uh, as far as the other shows, Pros versus Joes, that was real, man. Uh, everything that we did, nothing was scripted. Uh, the other extreme makeover, home makeover, same thing. It was real, no script. Everything was improvised, and uh, they just, you know, filmed it. 
yeah. uh, to going through the motion. So okay. uh, those shows were real, but most reality shows aren't real. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's some more pro wrestlers versus zombies. You play yourself <laughs> twice, once as a wrestler and once as a zombie. What do you remember about that one? Well, you know what? Uh, somebody called me and they wanted me to do this. Um, you know, it was a pro wrestling movie, a zombie movie. I knew it was a budget movie. It wasn't, you know, a very big uh, budget and it wasn't going to be a very big movie, but it was near my house, uh, like literally half hour away. Convenient. That's all I had to go there. And they were giving me a good payday. So I okay. went there for a few hours. They put makeup on my face. I looked like a zombie. I did my scene and I left. That was it. And I got paid before I left. So that was pretty much the gist of it. And I actually have not seen the movie since. So, uh, and, and that's my fault. I should be watching. It I don't think anybody else has in. either, Kurt. Yeah. Huh? No, I said, I don't think anybody else has seen it either. So it's okay. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> but you got paid at the end of the day. Sharknado two. Okay. Tell us about this one. You're a fire chief. How did you get involved on this one? Well, Sharknado, the producers yeah. of Sharknado wanted a wrestler involved. And so they picked me and, uh, I was a fire chief and this is crazy. I, I didn't read the script. Okay. You, you always read your script before you go to the, that's to not like you, Kurt. Yeah. I didn't read the script. I didn't even know what it was about. I knew it was called Sharknado. I didn't understand what it was. I get there and we're going to rehearse and we're in a small tent in the middle of times square in New York. It's freezing cold and we're outside in a tent and all the lead actors are in there rehearsing and they're reading their lines. I start laughing like, what the fuck? What is, there's flying sharks. What the hell is this? And everybody looks at me like real rudely, like, would you shut the fuck up? And I was like, oh, <laughs> so you guys are serious. This movie's about flying sharks. And, and everybody was pissed off at me. So from now on, from that point in time, I never opened my mouth. And I always read the script before I've reported the movies. I didn't know. And, uh, it was crazy. I didn't know the movie was about flying sharks, you know, tornadoes with sharks in them. Uh, so it was, it was a, it was an eye opener. Wow. Sounds like it. All right. We're going to keep going here. My goodness. I didn't realize your resume was this deep. The last, <laughs> the last witch hunter, not with, too many a movies though. Yeah, no, we're down on the season. Hey, Sharknado though. It's a cult film. That's it is, pretty it is. popular. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that here we it's go. Not, it's not an a movie, but it's, it's definitely a popular cult film. Yeah, you, you can find it somewhere on IMDb, very very deep into the site. <laughs> the Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel, who, by the way, we know Giovanna has a thing for. She calls you twins. I mean, you, you look very similar. Did you get a chance to work with Vin? I did. I was in one scene with him. I was a bodyguard, though. I was pretty much, it was a cameo appearance, not not that big, no no speaking role. Um, uh, somebody gave me the, you know, told me they wanted me in the movie, and uh so I did it. And, uh, you know, I got to meet Vin Diesel and talk to him and, you know, he just got done doing a movie with the rock. So he was excited about meeting me and, you know, me being an Olympic gold medalist. He, you know, he was really cool. And, uh, he told me, man, I, you know, your accomplishments are incredible and it's a pleasure to meet you. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing was he would, he, he films the movies when he wants to film the movies. <laughs> In other words, like if he wants to take off in the middle of the day, he'll take off in the middle of the day because it's his movie. So, you know, we were doing a lot of sitting around waiting for Vin Diesel. No wonder day. the rock got annoyed with him. A few times. <laughs> I don't You know what? I heard that was the reason. Yeah. Uh, because he didn't want to work every Makes day. Sense. And, you know, rock is a workhorse. Yeah. And I'm not picking on Vin Diesel. He's an no. awesome actor. And obviously he has. A but you saw movie. that firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it and I understood what rock meant. <laughs> yeah. 
So did you get a picture with Vin Diesel? Do you have a photo of the two? No, of you I didn't. I'm stupid like that. I never, I never ask for photos. I don't like to impose on people. Uh, you know, my wife kills me. She wants to kill me because I, I never take pictures with the people, the celebrities I do business with, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. All you got to say, hey, can we take a quick picture? They would probably love to have it for themselves too, man. Just like, maybe, like I don't it. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, well, here we go. The biggest movie that I found was Dylan dog back in 2010. You had Brandon Routh, the former Superman, Anita Brime from the Tudors, Peter Stormare, who's everyone's favorite foreign heel in so many movies, Ty Diggs. What was this movie like to film with all these stars, man? That was my favorite movie. That was my biggest role. I was the head of the werewolf family. And the transition for me turning human to werewolf was badass. And it took eight hours for them to put the makeup on me. Um, I love that movie. That movie is so underrated. And the reason why it didn't have a lot of success because it was a limited release in theaters mm. and it should have been released everywhere. This movie had all the big stars in it. The storyline was great. Uh, the movies, uh, derived from a Italian comic book called Dylan dog dead of night. And, uh, so it's a comic book, uh, you know, movie. And, uh, but th this movie should have, I, I expected this to be a blockbuster. But unfortunately, it was a limited release. But if you haven't seen the movie, you got to take a look at it. It was my best performance in any movie that I did. You know what? I'm going to look for it now because I've never seen the, the movie. <laughs> but you were just talking to me about it this past weekend. I'm like, my goodness, it's got to be probably somewhere on Amazon or a streaming site. Yeah, you can get it just about anywhere. Okay. Now I'm going to have to look it up now, Kurt. You sold me on it. <laughs> All right. In 2013, here we go. You went one-on-one -on -one with the great one again, this time in the film pain and gain starring Mark Wahlberg, the rock. I mean, well, you know, Julian Johnson and Anthony Mackie, you brawl with the rock in a prison fight. What was it like working with Dwayne here in this, in this format, a movie format? How did all this come to be for you? It seemed like old day, old times, old times. I mean, uh, you know, rock got me the role. Uh, you know, uh, I contacted him. I knew the, uh, he had a movie painting game coming out and I said, Hey, uh, I'd love to be in that movie with you. And he said, you know what? Let me call the director. He called Michael Bay. Michael Bay was awesome. I loved working with that guy. And, um, uh, they said, okay, let's bring him in. Let's have a prison yard, uh, fight scene with you and the rock. And I was like, that'd be awesome. You know, but, uh, I wanted a speaking role in the movie. Unfortunately, I didn't get it. Um, but I was in about three scenes. There was a part where I was in a church with the rock where rock was second guessing himself and looking up at the cross and, you know, having uh, doubts about what he was doing. And I was in there as well. And I was in another quick scene, but, uh, the, 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 the street or the prison yard fight was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, the rock hit me with a 45 pound plate. He swung it like a Frisbee and hit me right in the face and knocked me out. It was, it was a really cool scene. All right. And no, listen, I, I want to tell you this story. Yeah. So um, afterward, the rock, the prison guards came to get him to arrest him, to put him in the, you know, the tank. And um, uh, while they were doing it, nobody was saying anything. And I was like, that's weird. Like, Hey, like, you know, like not telling rock, get on your knees and uh, you know, put your hands behind your back. They wouldn't say anything. They were just doing the the moves and yeah, just going, going through, through the motions. motions. Yeah, and, I, and I, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell Michael Bay uh, that, that there's something wrong here. And I said, Michael, why aren't they talking? They should be talking. I'm I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm like, they should be talking during this. He goes, Kurt, it's a slow motion scene. This, we're going to show this in slow motion. There's not going to be any um, 
volume. You're not yeah. going to hear anything. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry I bothered you. Yeah. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shut was, up now uh, and stand in the corner. Yeah, I was like trying to be like co-director, and I got <laughs> slapped in the face for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, and Michael well, he, Bay didn't talk to me the rest of the movie. Yeah, and you've never been in any of his movies <laughs> since. Way to go, Kurt. Nah, I'm kidding. But hey, what? also another fun appearance you did, Duck Dynasty. What was oh, that yeah. all about? That was fun. But I will tell you this. It was scripted. The whole thing was written. I mean, we went through the scenes, and we had to say the verbiage. And, every you know, the crazy thing is these shows are entertaining, but they're entertaining for a reason because you have great writers that set up everything for them, and uh, they make it very, very uh, fun for the fans to watch. But, you know, for, mo- for the most part, just like Duck Dynasty, reality shows aren't real. They're usually scripted. Yeah, I'm sure. I think we've all kind of started to be able to figure that out over time, but I want to find out some real, real dirt. Give me the dirt. As Jr. says, who was your favorite top guy or girl actor, actress to work with? And who was the biggest jerk that you ever had to work with? Come on, spill the beans. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I, I can't think of anybody that was a jerk. Um, that's a tough question because everybody that I, you know, played the movie roles in everybody that I met was very, respectful. they probably all liked you and respected you just. From yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't you. have a problem with anybody. I mean, I would imagine did anybody look down on you. Yeah. Did they look yeah, down they on you? Like you're a wrestler a more rude to me, but they, yeah. they, they had a lot of respect for me. Okay. But my favorite person to shoot a movie with was obviously Dwayne. I had great chemistry with them and the, yeah, scene, the prison yard fight was great, but I, I loved, uh, I didn't get to play in a scene with them, but I would have loved to play in a scene with Nick. Nick Nolte, one of my favorite actors. And I was just really happy. I got to be in a movie with him. Yeah. And I guess my other question was who was maybe a jerk was, did you ever get a feeling like people kind of looked at you? Like who's this pro wrestler think he has coming in on our turf type of type of, you know what, if anybody thought that they didn't tell me or let me know. So (laughs) I'm sure that, uh, they were probably a little nervous to be able to come up. Absolutely. Hey, you're an idiot and you're an asshole. You don't belong here. (laughs) Now, when you look back on it, we just touched on everything kind of briefly and went through it. Is there something that you thought you could have done as far as a bigger role as you look back at all the pieces? Is there a movie or maybe a movie that you were in or something that you were in that you think, man, I could have I could have made a bigger splash or done something bigger there? You know what? I, I was real happy with everything I did. I, I don't think I've done enough. I, I've been, you know, to be honest with you. I'm taking acting classes right now and uh, I have a great acting coach, Josh Baton. He does an incredible job with me. I just got a bunch of reads. Um, I did a read for Beverly Hills cop four. Uh, I just did nice. a read. Uh, I read for bruiser Brody in his movie. There's to a play the role of bruiser coming out, a big movie uh, about bruiser Brody. Okay. And I read, I read for the part of him. I, I highly doubt I'm going to get the part cause I don't look like him. Uh, but if they put, you know, some makeup on me and, you know, Maybe some, some lifts in your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's what, six, six. He's a big six, boy. Five. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I almost lied about my height because yeah. I had to tell him I was six foot tall. I was like, I'm six four foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I almost said six, four. Cause I wanted them to think I was a lot taller, but there's no way I could, uh, trick them into thinking I was six, four. So Beverly Hills cop four. That's cool. If that would work out. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a cool movie. I had a couple of scenes with Eddie Murphy. Um, so that's uh, still they, not they, possible. Unfortunately, I found out yesterday they passed on me. Ah, uh, crap. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I also did a movie. Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Um, 
it was it was a really in, a lot of verbiage. I had to uh, do a lot of okay. studying, and I, I can't remember what the movie was. I just did it last week. I did a read. That's okay. And they're not going to pick the actor until January. So, but but you're I'm in. You're, you're out, and you're you're collecting reads, and you're you're all in on it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, my my agency has got me a few reads so far, and uh, I'm looking forward to more coming up. Awesome, man. Well, hey, cool. If there's one thing you could have done differently, would there be anything that you would have done differently as far as your approach to to being to doing acting to being in? Yeah, I would have taken acting classes a long time ago. Okay. Um, you know the the problem with me right now, and you can you probably know this on the show, I I tend to amplify my voice. Okay, so I'm always yelling because I did promos in wrestling. And you had to yell to do them. Yeah. I'm, I'm yelling right now, but my acting coaches tell me you got to calm down. You got to talk like this. You got to talk like you're talking in front of one person and you, you can't make your voice go too high or, you know, show intensity with your voice because that's not acting. That's screaming. That's yelling. And, yeah. You know, if you want to be the character, you have to talk in a monotone voice. So I, I had to learn how to calm down and just, uh, you know, be steady. Even keel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got you. Well, listen, we, uh, we got a lot of fan questions, a couple fan questions this week. So we're going to run through those and, uh, I can't wait uh, to hear some of your responses. Michael Cohen's up first. He says, Kurt, I recently saw a story online that you wanted to be in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Is that true? So let's start there. Did you want to be in that movie? Okay. What happened was, um, my nephew, John Bernthal. Yeah. He's a part of Marvel. He's the Punisher. Um, I had him call um, Marvel uh, in regards to me. Um, and, uh, you know, it, that was one of the movies that, uh, that uh, they were possibly going to put me in. And, um, you know, uh, up until now, they haven't cast me in anything, but uh, they're looking for some kind of role for me. So, uh, you know, my, 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 my nephew is the one that got me my acting coach, jo- Josh Baton. So he's played a crucial role in my acting career so far. I haven't gotten any movie roles yet, but he's got me an acting coach. He's setting me up with different production companies. Uh, he's been a really cool dude right now, and uh, he's really helped me out. Also, uh, Michael goes on, I think you would be awesome in some exciting upcoming Marvel and DC projects. Any interest in pursuing a role in The Joker <laughs> 2? Uh, what do you think about that one? Oh yes. Uh, any of those roles, Marvel or DC, but I, I prefer Marvel. Um, uh, but either one would be fine. I, I would be ecstatic. Uh, any type of movie like that, of course I'd want to do because there's going to be some action in it. Yeah. And there's going to be some good acting and That's some comedy, what... always comedy in those movies. Yeah. Kind of like what Batista has done, man. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Michael McClanahan is up next on the wives of wrestling podcast. Giovanna mentioned she would occasionally work with Kurt when preparing for certain roles. Would Kurt elaborate on the role that Mrs. Angle has played in influencing his approach to acting? She's my acting coach at home. She's really good. Believe it or not, my wife is incredible at it. And uh, she helps, helps me do the reads. So she's the person I'm reading with. So if I was going to do a read and across from me was the character, that's my wife. She's there doing the, the other roles, the other people that are in the scene. Yeah. And, uh, she gives me great advice. I mean, she is my best coach by far. And uh, what's crazy is she did movies for a while before we got married. And uh, she got a lot of experience and she learned, uh, you know, how to uh, read for characters. Oh, okay. And she, she's really smart, uh, especially with uh, roles, you know, uh, taking on roles and uh, 
how to portray those roles. So she gives me a lot of advice every time I do read. She's awesome. Actually, we tend to fight at times because she's so nitpicky. I'm like, fuck, you drive me nuts. I just did the scene. It was awesome. She said, it's not awesome enough. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. I can <laughs> so tell. it's the only time we actually fight. Oh, man. Just to be a fly on the wall for that. Uh, <laughs> two Count Kyle's up next. Kurt, how was your experience on the set of Pain and Gain? It was a pleasure to spot your Olympic hero in one of the early scenes. Was there any talk of having you have a bigger part, maybe speaking? And did you get to meet Marky Mark Wahlberg? I always yes. wondered if he was a cool guy. Actually, Mark Wahlberg, I didn't get to meet him. Uh, he wasn't on the set that day. So, you know, doing the scene with The Rock was awesome. But what was really cool was when I left and I was at the airport, ready to go home, Mark Wahlberg calls me out of nowhere. He gets my number from The Rock. He wants to say, hey, it's an honor to be in a movie with you. Oh, my God. I was God. like, oh, like <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, it's an honor to be in a movie with you, man. He says, well, I respect what you've done pro wrestling and also the Olympics. You're an Olympic gold medalist. You're an American hero. And I'm going to be a fan of yours forever. And I was like, holy crap, this is Mark Wahlberg saying this to me. I was really grateful for that. Man, that's cool. See, that's what I'm saying. There's pinch me moments for even you as an athlete and a superstar. Uh, and, you know, someone that you can't go anywhere without being recognized. <laughs> People have that, even that are, you know, at that level, have that. You know what? You know what it says to me? That. More people watch pro wrestling than they say. That's right. <laughs> that's, Those closet that's fans. Yeah. Closet fans. Yep. Uh, Adam's up next. He says, what role in a movie or TV show was your favorite and why? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, Ironically, I really love playing the Koba, the Russian fighter. Yeah. I like playing that type of role, being a dominating role. Uh, if, there was a, if there was a speaking part in there for me, that would have been even better. Because that's that's the type of movies I want. I don't just don't want to be in a fight scene. I want to have a speaking role. But uh, Warrior was my favorite, and you know what? Gavin O'Connor was so good. He was so particular about every fight scene and and how he wanted it done. I mean, we 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 worked hard. Yeah. We worked really hard. I mean, there were times where, you know, we were doing scenes over and over again. I'm like, why are we doing it? And then Gavin would explain to me, Hey, listen, at this point in time, you fell the wrong way. And, uh, you know, uh, then you guys got trapped up in the cage and you guys were struggling and we, you want to get back to the center. He said, I just want it to be perfect. And uh, so Gavin's a perfectionist and I'm glad for that because he made the movie better. All right. Dave McClay's up next. Were you surprised you weren't nominated for an Oscar in your role for Sharknado <laughs> too? <laughs> yes. The fire chief. I did an incredible role. If you noticed, I had a New York accent. It was the worst fucking New York accent I ever in the world, but I did it. <laughs> and I can't remember what I said, but, uh, I was using the Oz, you know, the R's. Uh, yes. Uh, New York. <laughs> yeah. You were trying I your best. Barely do it, but I, I did my best. <laughs> my goodness. Well, Kurt, listen, next week we're back to another special guest. I mentioned it earlier on the show. He is a current world champion and, uh, he set the bar high. So that's what all we're going to say. Tune in next week yep. to find out who it's a it big is, one. but I'm really excited about it, man. Me too. I, I love this guy. And I think he's so underrated, believe it or not, as much success as he's had, he's the most underrated wrestler in the world right now. 
There you go. You have to um, wait to see who it is. There you go. Well, we've get, we dropped a clue or two. So listen, before we get out of here, a couple of things we always like to talk about before we exit the Kurt Angle show. And we actually didn't do this at the live show, so I'm sure they were disappointed. But we got to talk about physicallyfit.com, yes. Kurt, and those chicken snacks, brother. Tell them about how, where they can get those and if they use that code AnglePod. These are my last two packages because I keep eating all the rest. Uh, so these won't last long either, but these are chicken snacks right here. We also have snack smart, crispy protein bites, which is organic plant protein. You can get them in 11 different flavors. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Use angle pod, the code, you get 20% off your first order. But if you become a lifetime member on the website, you'll get 20% off for the rest of your life. So these are incredible. You're going to love the taste. The flavors are amazing. There you go. They're just great handy. They, you can pack them and take them with you on trips so that when you're stuck in airports for, you know, th- three days, you can have a nice, hey, you know, my right shreddedness there. you saw in raw, Oh, the shredded chicken snacks. <laughs> there you go, man. That's what you should That's exactly the commercial you need. Just walk around with the little open jacket and the little <laughs> Olympic medal and the chicken snacks. That should be the billboard. <laughs> you're right, Paul. Uh, let's talk about Kurt because one thing that's going right for you is that website cameo videos and all the amazing things they can check out over on at Kurt Yeah. I got t-shirts, uh, milk cartons, cowboy hats, uh, autographed photos, birthday cards, t-shirts, you name it. Cameo voice messages, go to Kurt and order yours and I'll send it right back to you. The guy is so busy. Listen, we are in Wisconsin. Out of, and, and he's sitting there doing cameos while we're at the table waiting. <laughs> he's just kind of getting held. He's like, Paul, hold on. One came in. I got to do another one. I'm like, what the hell? I don't like the fans to wait. So I do it right away. I got to so, do it right away. So there you go. He's going to get them to you. And right I get away. great reviews because they're like, the return time was incredible. <laughs> so just know he's going to take care of you and get it. His customer service is outstanding. I witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> So you're going to get them back right away. Lastly, this week, wildcatbelts.com, one belt left. That's right. The belt that sits over my shoulder right now, if you're watching on video, Kurt's grabbing his, that American hero belt. It has all of Kurt's accomplishments on the belt. Has the, uh, it's, it's just beautiful. Well done on amazing le- leather. And uh, you can see it there if you're watching us on YouTube. Has his uh, phrases on it as well. Intensity, integrity, and intelligence. It's just beautiful, beautiful job. If you're a Kurt Angle fan, uh, this needs to be in your collection. And you only have one more shot at it. So you can go to their website and look for a way to contact them. There's an email address. Put in your order and join Kurt and I as exclusive holders of this championship belt. Kurt, that's going to wrap up our show. One left, left, buddy, but that's going to wrap up our show this week, man. I'm going to see you uh, just in two days, my friend. Yes, you will. We'll be a top guy weekend. We're going to have a lot of fun. The fans are going to love it. All right, there you go. On behalf of your Olympic hero, your milk chugging superstar, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We will see you right back here next week with an amazing guest right here on the Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.